You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. All right. How's it going, everybody? This is McCade. Uh, the hunts are in full swing out here in the West. Archery hunts have been going for weeks now here in Utah. In fact, this is the last week of the archery hunts. And uh, I know Idaho's kicked off. Nevada's been going just everywhere. So hopefully you guys are getting out. You're uh, having some success in the field. And most of all, we just hope you're having fun. That's what it's all about, right? Getting away from work and enjoying the outdoors. Um, as always, we want to remind you that this podcast is Concealed in Kings. Kings Camo um, has been a great sponsor of this podcast. And we are all, um, we being Ian, Zach, and myself, are all rocking the XKG gear from Kings. The XKG gear is stands for Extreme Kings Gear. It's more of their top-of-the-line camo, and uh, one piece that I've been using quite a bit as the mornings have been getting cooler as well as the evenings is the XKG Transition Thermalite Jacket. This thing is um, super warm and comfortable. It's more of your puffy-type jacket. Um, has a 100 grams of that Thermalite synthetic insulation, um, and then has a little bit less, I think 80 grams in the sleeves to kind of reduce bulk where you don't need it. But man, I've been packing this thing around with me the last two weekends and it has been awesome for when it cools off and you need a little bit extra warmth. Um, it's super lightweight and compact. In fact, you can even stuff it into its own pocket. Um, has some water resistant treatment to it, so don't have to worry about trying to pull it off and tuck it away when a little rain squabble blows through. But anyway, go check out King's Gear. If you're needing some new camo, definitely don't look over King's. You can check out all of their stuff on kingscamo.com. And when you shop on their website, you can actually save yourself an additional 15% off of any item. So if there's like a sale item, you can save uh, sorry, 15% on top of whatever that sale price is. Just use the code SAHN at checkout and you'll save 15%. So thanks guys. That really helps us out, helps the podcast out. And Kings has been an awesome company to work with. Great people behind a great product. Now for the podcast, uh, as the hunt's been going, it's been kind of hard to get um, some guests lined up, just trying to mesh schedules has been a challenge, but I was able to sit down with Zach, and if you remember, um, earlier this this year, I believe in the wintertime, Zach and I um, sat down and we actually talked about um, some of our fitness goals and how we were planning on preparing to be ready for the mountain come fall. Well, fall's here, we've been hitting the mountains hard 
Zach's been on a archery mule deer hunt ever since it started. He's been hunting his tail off, and I've been out chasing elk. So both of us have been up around the 10,000-foot elevation mark um, in the different areas we've been hunting. And in this podcast, we kind of recap how our fitness goals have prepared us for the hunts, if the things we did worked, um, what we're doing now, and then we kind of talk a lot about Zach and his first year being a bow hunter and the things that he's been learning and stories and experiences he's had. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. Uh, we promise to get some more guests lined up here soon. I myself will be heading to Wyoming and Idaho in October, and then Ian and I will be heading to Colorado in November. So it'll be kind of busy, kind of hectic. Hopefully we have some awesome stories we can actually sit down around camp and recap some of those stories, just like we did last year with our Colorado hunt. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go check it out. Three public land bucks in three days um, in Colorado. And that, that podcast was so freaking fun because we just finished shooting the last buck, got back to camp, and we just sat down. And while we were cooking its heart to eat for lunch, we recorded the podcast, so... Anyway, thanks again, guys. Thank you for all of your support. We couldn't do it without you guys and the little messages, um, the podcast topic, ideas that you guys message us, just the little, hey, little words of encouragement. You guys are doing a good job. You know, that kind of stuff goes a long way, and we really appreciate it. So hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Well, let's uh, let's talk about how our uh, fitness preparations translated on the mountain this year. I know you and I sat down. When was that? Like January? January, February. Yeah, I think it was sometime January. Sometime early in the, the year. And we talked about um, some of our fitness goals to be ready for the mountain and whatnot. And I know we were working out pretty good this winter trying to get some of those goals met <laughs> and yeah. whatnot but how have you noticed like talk about some of the preparations that you were doing even though we might have talked about them before talk about some of the stuff you did and then how you felt like you feel like it prepared you for the archery hunt well I definitely feel like this year I was probably the most prepared for hunting season last year I did kind of the same thing and worked uh worked out a little bit and got in shape. I was doing good in June and then decided to build a demolition derby car. And it was nothing but little Caesar's pizza every night with three <laughs> or four good. not even that, it was three or four monsters or amps, <laughs> you know, just you're staying up till two, three in the morning and then you're getting up for work at seven or eight. Yeah. Then back to it at night. So that really screwed me up. So this year not doing it. That was kind of the main reason. Was I was like, no, hunting means more to me. Like, I'd rather stay in shape. And and it's hard. July's a hard, hard month. Mm-hmm. You get Fourth of July barbecues. Had a lot of birthdays. You just, it's barbecue season, so it was hard to yeah. stay strict to everything. But I think in that first six weeks, so December 31st, weighed 194. And then I think it was like middle of February, I weighed 176, and then by the time Tish and I went to Mexico at the end of March, I think I was down to 168, 
and then I think the lowest I was, I got down to 159 is the lowest that I Holy weighed myself. Crap. Yeah, and it all was just basically eating healthy and laying off a soda, doing that. That's a big one. But then just hiking and trail running. I'd never really, and I mean, I ran the most I've ever ran before. And then I kind of got some trail running shoes. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to start running hills because. Yeah. Just you were running a lot more this functional. Year. Yeah. What's your height? Just so people. Five, eight. Five, eight. So you started. Five, eight, five, nine. Almost In the nine. winter, 190. 194. Four. And you got down to 159. 159. What I weighed. Holy crap. Yeah. Do you know what you're at now? I haven't weighed myself since like end of June. Huh. But I know that like, I think I've, well, no, I've weighed myself again because I was like, oh man, I think I got up and I think I got up to like 172. But that, that 170 to 160 range, I could do that in a week's time. Wow. Like sometimes if I eat healthy and I'm hunting a lot uh-huh. or hiking, like I bet. I bet I I think on that the opener week the opening weekend of the archery hunt I think I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I think I probably lost close to 10 pounds to be honest with you. Holy cow. And I mean you're hunting around 10,000 feet. Yeah. And you were doing the same thing. Mhm. And it But yeah. I felt the biggest difference in just like that trail to get up to the top. I think the first time we did that trail it sucks that oh, first yeah. half. It, it does for sure. Yeah, and I just that first time we did, I think we did in like two hours, and then that time I went up the last time, I thought for sure it took me a little while, but it it was like an hour and twelve minutes. Wow! I cruised up, but I didn't realize I it was, I was horrible. I I felt like I was resting a lot, but maybe i wasn't or maybe i was resting a lot but i didn't need as long of rest breaks and you're probably cruising and just more. going yeah I mean, did you hike that in the night or in the daytime when it was cool in the nighttime yeah it was i that <clears> definitely <throat> helps me and i can't see the top <laughs> yeah, it's not as daunting helps. it's like ah oh, yeah let's so do that what weight do you feel like just based off of this year's experiences like what weight range do you feel like you're the most like efficient probably 165 really yeah i'd say right around there because you know in my preparation i did a lot of running did a Mm. lot of upper body stuff trying to increase my the poundage with my bow and then i really didn't do too much as far as squats and things like that for my lower body i just figured whenever i'd go hiking i would hike with a pack yeah with everything that I'd probably be carrying at least, 80% of what I'd be carrying on a hunt. Or I would trail run. And my legs never... The only time I ever had problems was when we went up and checked truck hammers and I was cramping. Oh, yeah. But That's it was never hot. Happened. Yeah. And I don't know if you had enough fluid intake. Yeah, I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm horrible at drinking water on the mountain. Because there's a lot of times where I'll drink just one water bottle a day. I don't drink any more than that. Like, I never feel the need either. It's yeah. not like I'm dying You have to thirst. force yourself. Yeah. No, that's so crucial. But I definitely I brought up for the archery opener. I brought up Gatorade packets, and I made sure I had enough electrolytes. And mm-hmm. and so it's I huge, definitely man. made sure. Yeah. So how heavy is your pack been? Do you know? I I haven't ever weighed it, but I think that it was probably 
I feel like I did a good job at shaving ounces in some places and yeah. then adding ounces <laughs> in others. Like I packed radios uh-huh. for the opener, and Jeff and I didn't even use those. We just stayed together the whole time. Yeah. So that's literally probably a pound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I definitely could have shaved a little bit more food off, I think, because I'm just not a breakfast person. I've now realized that. I have a hard time eating breakfast. I get up. I just want to get dressed. And once I'm dressed, it's like, okay, hey, let's just start hiking. And then maybe I'll eat breakfast after the morning hunt. I don't know. But I packed oatmeal packets. And I didn't even touch them. See, if I have to, like, prepare something, I don't need it. And on the elk hunt this year, I was I, – I took, like, granola bars and stuff specifically to eat in the morning. I would take, like, one of those um, muscle milk protein mm-hmm. shakes and – some days I took a banana. Like I would try to force myself to eat all that. I wasn't really hungry, but I knew if I would eat that stuff, I could go further that morning and it won't yeah. wear me out. Yeah. I noticed a big difference, but I'm like, yeah, like I can't, I can't make me a breakfast in the morning. Yeah. I, I mean, I've tried, if it's cold, I will. I think yeah. if it's a cold morning, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cook me some oatmeal and dump the water out of the jet boil into the pouch or something. And I think that was, Dumb of me too. Really wasn't ergonomic for my packaging. Was instead of just using the paper packets of oatmeal, I tried to get the portable like bowls, you know, that they sell, um, mm. and that just kind of took up a lot of space in my meal bags or whatever. But no, this is by far the most critical I think I've ever been with how I packed my bag, what I packed. Looking at calories per ounce, not really because I never weighed the food, <laughs> but just looking at, hey, this is a small package and there's 210 calories yeah. in this thing. Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to eat it. But those Stinger energy chews. Oh, dude. Pomegranate. Those are awesome. I was talking last night at the high school football game to the athletic trainer because we had a, a player come up to me, to us and say, I'm dead. Like I have no energy right now. And this is right after halftime when you should be rested and ready to go. And I was like, oh, dude, you should just go buy some of those Stinger, you know, energy chews. And he he did his schooling at the University of Utah. And he says, dude, at the University of Utah in the locker room, he says they probably have over 200 boxes of those Stinger energy chews. Wow. Those organic ones. Yeah. And he says pomegranate, everybody loves, not even pink lemonade, just pomegranate, just the purple packages. Yeah. And I... I love those things. Those things were so good. Just such a good <laughs> that and the fruit snacks and like a burst of energy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I was doing that too on my hunts. Like I, every time I stopped, I just tried to eat a package of those, mm-hmm. and I didn't notice myself fatiguing. Yeah, you know, like how I have in the past throughout the day. But yeah, I didn't. The only thing that I wish I maybe would have had, but then I thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I actually did re- pretty good. Because all last year I used. You know, Mountain Ops Yeti. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anything this year. No caffeine. I didn't no have stimulant. anything. Yeah, I was ill-prepared in that sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was the excitement of just another day to hunt was kind of enough to get me going. And then halfway through the day, I just had my Gatorade pack. Well, I had one in the morning, one for night. About mid-morning, I'd drink one. And then mid-afternoon, I'd drink one, I guess. And that was fine for me. And those energy packets, you know, kept me going. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
Good God. Uh, our, the, the, the archery hunt was frustrating, the opener, just because went up there a couple days before, did your scouting, you did your homework, you do everything right, and then it gets screwed up from people who aren't prepared, who are late to the trailhead. Therefore, they're hiking right up the bottom of the canyons. Not, they're bushwhacking. They're, they're not even an trail. educated yeah, plan. Yeah, and so you try to do your best to prepare, but there's so much of this stuff that you can't prepare for, the unknowns, you know. And, right. And so I tip my hat to every single archery hunter who has killed a buck this year, especially if it's the buck that they wanted to kill because so much has to go right. And mm-hmm. this being my first archery season, you know, I've always heard that, you know, said. I've always seen people put it on social media and everything. But now I'm like, yeah, you can do everything that you have control of, but there's so much that you have no control of as far as other people. And so that's why, you know, obviously you get people who are like so sick of that, that they hike in. 10 miles. Yeah, 10 miles. But, you know, where we hunt, there's nowhere to hike in 10 miles to yeah. get away. It's just there'll be another trail. Yeah, a couple canyons, and then you're on the other side of the ridge where other people are coming up that side. But that was the most frustrating thing for me. <laughs> more the mental part. It was never right. physical. Yeah. It was more the staying with it mentally. And I think that's the hardest thing to overcome. <clears throat> when we talked to Sid Smith, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he talked a lot about that. Yeah. Um. So you hunted with some people me included one night um mm-hmm. for for a few days of your hunt but you were just telling me before we started this that you hunted a lot solo. Yeah. How did that play into your mental game? Like did you notice that was more of a challenge when you were alone or did you like it better? I don't know if I can say I liked it better, but it it wasn't as much of a challenge to um stay positive or anything like that. I never had a problem with that. It was just kind of a Okay, I see the animals, but they're in a horrible spot. I don't know where they're going to go, and I'm going to drop down off the ridge, and every time I would... Blind. Yeah. Right. Like, they'd be in the open, but by the time I did my, you know, slow stalk down, they had moved into some cover. Yeah. Where if I was on the ridge, I'd know right where they are. Couldn't see them, so then you're guessing, and so... Yeah. So so you feel like it would have been more beneficial to have someone there Mm -hmm. for communication right. abilities to right. to work you in on the bucks. And I ne but you know, the areas that I have been hunting, I never once bedded a buck. Because the way the tr- the lay of the terrain or whatever, it was like the bucks are always up feeding and then they'd feed somewhere where oh crap, maybe it was just like a slight drop off off the ridge. Mm-hmm. So then you couldn't see where they went and the only way to see where they bedded was to get within 200 yards, and then all of a sudden they'd see you. And so that was tough. Like, you always see YouTube videos, and they're bedded in a small little group of pines, and you can see them, so you can you have time to hike off the backside of the ridge and loop around and get the wind right and then get in. I never had that opportunity. I probably did, but being a first-year archery hunter, you know, you just you think you thought through all your options. Maybe I didn't. But most of the time, yeah, it was in a spot where you know just like when you and i went out there's no way i could have even got close to those deer without you i couldn't see i couldn't Mm -hmm. see him at all i only saw him for maybe a total of 30 seconds two different times 
you know, and it was yeah. just, I had no idea. I would have not known not where to go because you're like, oh, it doesn't look too thick over there. Yeah, it was mm. deceivingly thick. Yeah. The video you had of me stalking, I was like, oh, geez, it looks like I'm taller than every bush over I there. Know. <laughs> but then when I was there, it was just the, just the, how steep the train was, just all those bushes blocked me perfectly. And I'm like, I can't see them. Where yeah, are I'm they? like, draw your bow, draw your bow, draw your bow. And then you kept saying that. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I, I, I could draw my bow and pretend and look like I'm about to shoot, but I don't know what I'm <laughs> shooting at. Uh, but yeah. So in that sense, that was, that was, that's the only time I had somebody on point helping me out this whole archery hunt. <clears throat> that was and, fun. And I see, definitely see the benefit of having yeah. someone to work with mm-hmm. help help you get in on the hardest part for me being your spotter was you were in camo i had the yeah, hardest oh, time yeah. relocating mm-hmm. you i'd glass you up and be like okay i'll hurry and check on the deer and then i'll go back to you and like i had two spotting scopes and i was trying to keep one on you and one on them and then i'd like go back to you and you're gone i'm like where the heck are you credit to king's camo <laughs> it's so crazy you just blended in so well once i find you like yeah, then you kind of stood out, but yeah, just doing a quick look over the area. I thought I knew where you were, and you weren't there. It's like you disappear behind a bush. Where? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what makes me think of how many times I've glassed a hillside, and there's probably my dream buck. Oh yeah, bedded. But well, remember no. last year we went out Black Friday and we were looking for deer. Oh, yeah. And we glossed up that buck, and we watched him work all the way up the ridge. Yeah, we watched him for like an hour. And he bedded behind that tree, and like we zoomed out on the phone scope. You couldn't even see him. Like, Yeah, if we didn't see him bed, we would have no clue. No idea. He was a great buck. Mm Mm-hmm. Huge, typical four. Yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) It, It amazes me, dear. I have so much more respect, you know, in the archery aspect, and... And it almost makes me like, you know, I would see people that would go up on these shallow benches here around town and, you know, they they could get lucky. There's some good deer that are on the low areas, but I was just like, no, I don't think I, you know, even if, you know, I got tipped on a pretty big buck that was pretty low and not up high or anything. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I could shoot it. If it really walked out right now, I'd be like, yeah, Cool. I could post it on social media and be like, look at my first archery buck, you know, it's it's a four by five and it's a cool buck. It's really wide, wider than its ears. But and then I'm deep down, I would be like, no, because I worked my butt off all year long so I could hike and backcountry hunt and have an adventure, not just a kill shot. So to you, so. is it more about the the story? Sitting in my basement right now, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, yeah. Sometimes you got so frustrated on the archery hunt that it was like, oh, shoot a four. Just please, can somebody yeah. please just lob a slow one up to me right now so I could just knock it out of the park, you know? And but each time it's like, just because you work hard, it's almost like when you do have those low moments and where your mental aspect might be a little low and you're just like, gosh, I worked so hard to get here. Can I just be rewarded for it? Like, say a prayer. Like, can I just, can you just like pretend, like, give me a buck that's just stupid? And walks 60 yards in front of me, you know. And, and I actually thought I had one of those moments. I decided to try a new route getting up to the point I wanted to get to. Because it wasn't going to be as long. It was just going to be a steeper, short hike. And I jumped a couple bucks. 
And then I got up on top of the ridge and I was sitting there for a while. And then I could hear like some crunching and then a twig break here or there. And so I walked up the ridge a little bit into the shade and there's a saddle. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. You can tell where they, and I'm like, geez, that's 3.30 in the afternoon. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm only hearing one set of, you know, steps. Like there's not, it's not a doe and a fawn. It's not, so I'm like, hey, I have a good chance of this being a buck. And so knocked an arrow and I sat there for an hour and a half going about 10 minutes. And then I'd hear some steps. And then I, and I'm just like, okay. you know, and I'm just looking, I'm ranging everything around me, just trying to be as archery prepared as I could be. And then all of a sudden it walks out. And at first it walks out and I'm like, that's a freaking bear. There's no bears out here. And I only saw a quick glimpse of it. And then, you know, afterwards I'm like, well, it's probably just a stupid calf, cow, you know? And so I was just like, well, that sucks. But still that, that was a learning moment for me. I learned a heck of a lot. And obviously archery season isn't over, but I'm heading out this next weekend. So I won't be able to hunt it, but I don't know. It was by, I can see why people get addicted to it. And like, you know, I was telling you that night, you and I went out and it's like, man, I just almost want to shoot a forky just so I could gain that confidence of, or just to have that feeling of what it's like to kill something with your bow. Just so you have that feeling of, I can do this. Right. I can, in crunch time, make the shot. I can hold myself steady enough to be able to make an accurate shot. But at the same time, being a dedicated hunter, and this being my last year of dedicated hunter, I was like, well, I still have my muzzleloader and rifle. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, oh, did I? Yeah, I yeah that night we went out, we glassed up, uh, I don't know, a cool little three, yeah. not huge. And then there ended up being another buck, a smaller two-point with him. And like you were hesitating on whether you mm-hmm. not you wanted to go try it, and I was just like, "Dude, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you do shoot it. Like, mm-hmm. if nothing else, go stock on this buck and learn something from yeah. it." Yeah, and I, you know, each time I probably should have put on some, you know, stockasins or or wool socks and gotten in a little bit quieter. Um, but I don't know, I. That's what I was, I was trying to tell people at work, always ask me, you know, patience. They're like, so how did the hunt go? Oh, did you know, did you do this? And I'm like, well, you know, reflecting on it, I, I probably went a little too quick and I probably did this. And and I think the reason why on those bucks I went a little too quick was because I was kind of not into it. You weren't fully committed. I wasn't fully committed. It was just kind of like, well, if, I, if it happens, it happens. But like if I was, it was a buck that just really got me Twitter pated and it was just like, holy cow be like you know wind checking like every five seconds putting on the wool socks so that brings up an interesting point like in hindsight do you wish that you would have gone through all the motions regardless of whether it was really a deer you wanted to kill or not to learn something yeah and you think you would have learned more yeah i probably would have learned more i probably would have actually been like oh look at how much quieter i am just putting on two three layers of the wind Yeah. yeah and one biggest thing I learned, now it was awesome having you on point, but it was so hard to talk to you on the radio. Now, I didn't have anything plugged into the radio to where I could just, you know, push a button and talk to you. I had to actually grab the radio, yeah, talk to you, hook it back on my bino harness, 
then grab my wind checker, check the wind, and then hike with a, uh, an arrow knocked, you know? And so it was just kind of, and then trying to keep my balance and hike quiet. And so it was really hard to, it was like I was fumbling. That was like the hardest thing for me on that particular night on that stock was I have this radio. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I was just kind of like, I don't know how, what am I doing? Like how does, you know, and I can see now why people have, and my radios came with like a headset and earpiece, but it's like one like this, like really long. I'm like, oh, I might get in the way when you draw back and I don't know. So definitely a lot of learning. I wouldn't change anything about the archer season up to this point. You know, I went out, saw a lot of good bucks, you know, and I was being a little picky, but I don't know. So the archery hunt ends next Friday. Mm-hmm. You still have weeknights and stuff. Are you done, or do you think you'll get out another night or two? I think I'm maybe Tuesday night. One last hurrah. Maybe. Um, God, just in this last, like, in the last three weeks, it gets dark so early now. Yeah. It like completely went from around nine o'clock. Now you're like we're around eight. I swear. Yeah, it went fast. So I don't. I mean, I want to, but part of me also kind of wants to do another, like on the archery opener, up up at ten thousand feet, camping overnight. I want. I think the adventure's calling again. So muzzleloader hunt. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that because the days. I think it's a Wednesday to a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I might just do a quick, you know, one or two day hunt, call it good. And then I think for the rifle, you know, it's UEA weekend. I don't have any work um, stuff going on that weekend because football games are all on that Wednesday. But I don't know. It's going to be, I don't know. I'm excited. But at the same time, I was like, man, next year I'm going to kill something with my bow. I looked, I double checked my points. I'm like, man, dedicated's over. But I have three preference points for general season deer. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, man. So hopefully I can draw a tag again next year. Yeah. But then the other part of me is like, well, I'm going to have 17 elk points. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. So, but I could always do the archery deer and then turn right around and do a little bit of entry rifle if I draw out. Who that knows? would be awesome. That would be awesome. But. <clears throat> I have Sweet. No well, idea. the muzzleloader starts in what three weeks? I think it starts the end of September, last week. I think so. Twenty sixth or something. Yeah, I think so. It goes. It's like a Wednesday to a Wednesday. You really only have one weekend. But I went up to an area the other day because a lot of the deer around here. It still amazes me how many velvet bucks are posted on Instagram. A lot of the bucks that I've been seeing are all hardhorned. Yeah. By now. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, what in the heck? Like, is Wyoming and Colorado like what's so different about those bucks? Because I feel like all the deer, the only ones that sell velvet on them are the little teeny tiny forkies. The bigger bucks that I've seen, more mature, they've all stripped and round up. So it was crazy. Two weekends ago, we were on that limited entry elk unit, mm-hmm. and. My friend also had that deer tag, and we'd seen this buck the week before. Mm-hmm. He tried to get a stock on him, was within five yards, and had no clue. He thought the buck had busted out, so he just started sasquatching out, and the buck jumped. Oh, it didn't stop until like 105 yards. But uh, we were back there the next weekend, and we had just glassed up a couple bulls across the canyon. 
And while we're sitting there, this little buck out of the corner of our eye, like, goes running across the side hill in the buck brush. And we look over, like, it's a decent little buck. And then this other one comes bounding out. And we're like, that's that buck from last weekend. Like, so the one with, like, the three mm-hmm. eye guards on his right side. And uh, he was still in his summer coat. Super shaggy, red hair. Mm-hmm. Looked kind of mangy. Yeah. You know, velvet. And then his little buddy was solid gray. And, like, he still had velvet, but that was two weeks ago. Yeah. It was just really interesting. Like, the bigger buck was still in his summer coat. Yeah. And the little buck was all wintered up. Yeah, that's kind of backwards. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of weird. Just, it, it. I think it all just depends on genetics and geographical area. Like, it can be so different. Dude, geographical area. I am starting to hate Google Earth. <laughs> I, Why? Because they have snow layers? <laughs> no. Because I am so, oh, I, I'm so indecisive. Yeah. Like, I look at areas and I'm like, oh, I've seen good deer here. Oh, I've seen good deer here. Oh, there's other good deer over here. And it's like, well, where am I going to hunt? Where am I going to go? And then I was on Instagram going through and somebody put, like, the 10 rules that Fred Bear lived by while hunting or whatever. One of them was, you know, hunt where the deer are, not where you think they should be or something like that. And really, it's just like, you just got to pick up. Pick one and go until yeah. you find them. Like yeah. It's not going to be, you know, and so that's what I did on Thursday was I overthought myself. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go up to where the deer always are in November and October when they're hard-horned. And like maybe because they're all stripping their velvet, they'll start migrating down. I wasn't like right in that same spot. I was up a lot higher, but along that same route down that big, big, long canyon, and I just... I mean, I glassed up some bucks, but nothing mature, you know. So I think mature bucks are still. But then while I was doing that, I'm glassing up other areas. I'm like, oh, that looks so good. You get over there, and then I go get on Google Earth, and there's a road right underneath that. I'm like, really? There's a road there? And how many people use that road? But I don't know. Another good lesson, the words of advice to live by is like, don't go chasing dead deer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I've been so tempted about that too. Like, oh, I know, like a big buck got killed right there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> there could be other deer right there, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good rule: hunt where the deer are, or elk, or whatever you're hunting. Yeah, well, where like, you think they should be? <laughs> my buddy, who's because you're going to be hunting, you're going to be right in the middle of all three of your tags when the rifle hunt rolls around for Utah. Yep, you'll be in. Idaho, Wyoming. When's the Utah, like 18th through the 20th or 20th through the yeah, 20th. Yeah, so I'll be in Idaho. Or that's like the opening weekend or something. Yep. Um, yeah, so I have a buddy who's, he's hunted once before. He's the one I, I, he called me up his last weekend of the deer hunt in 2015 and he's like, hey, my cousin's going to take me. He bailed on me. I have no, I don't even know what I'm doing. I've never hunted before. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, take you to an area where there's good little four points and then he killed that huge buck a huge typical with a cheater and i'm like dude you don't understand what you just killed like i've never seen a deer this big on this unit and then anyways him and i are going out again and i said well what do you want to do because i i think we can find good deer here i think we can do this i think we can do this or we can pack to the very very top with the tent Stay up there for five days or whatever and 
have an adventure. And he just was out. Let's go for the adventure. Let's just be mobile. Well, there's no deer in these three canyons, you know. And then, oh, dude, I'm such an overthinker. It's like, no deer here. Okay, let's move on to the next canyon. Let's hike down the ridge. And it's like, yeah, but if we move, oh, tomorrow there's going to be deer that have moved into these canyons, <laughs> you know. And it's like, no, just yeah, let's go find them. I think I get in my way so much. It's not in my own way. Yeah. You know, just be like, dude, Zach, you screwed it up for yourself a lot <laughs> by just thinking too much rather than just saying, eh, not happening. And I don't know if it's not necessarily pressure. It's just you see so many awesome bucks that people post, and you're like, man, I could kill a general season buck like that. Or You want it so bad that you feel in your yeah, desires. Yeah, and it's almost like, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit with Muley Slayer, you know, just about do you think social media – you know, are people afraid to post their harvest kills because it's not an awesome buck? And, you know, and it's, act, and I know I, this is my observation from this being my first year with Instagram, with my smartphone, <laughs> and doing archery hunting. There's so many more smaller archery bucks posted. And not saying that they're, smaller is not the right word, but just younger bucks. You know, people are like, hey, dude, look at my archery success. And I think it's because they're, killed with a bow like people and i looked at that and i'm like now that i have a year of archery hunting under my belt i know how hard it is to just kill that two point and so um but i feel like people who kill a two point with a rifle are a little bit more hesitant to <laughs> post it because they're just like mm. but you know what you should never be ashamed of posting the success from setting a goal and achieving like that's if that's true. what you set out to do, mm-hmm. don't be ashamed of it. Yeah. My opinion, you know. Yep. But if you're doing it for social media likes, you're doing it for the wrong reason anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But it's it's funny, just in the short time I've had Instagram, I can see where people get a little they are affected big time by social media. Oh yeah. And so yeah, definitely have to be realistic, be honest with yourself. And, you know, if you're not putting in the work, don't get pissed off if you're not seeing big deer. That's all there is to it. You yeah. Know? And I think there's an interesting point to be said about that, too. Like, just because you're tired and stuff, maybe won't, doesn't necessarily mean that you're putting in the right hard work. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just because you're hiking, are you hiking in the right spots? Are you, like... Are you hiking to actually find deer? Or are you just hiking to say, man, I sh- I hiked up this hill like I should have seen a deer? Or are you not hiking and glassing? Yeah. Are you glassing enough? Yeah. Are you scanning a little too quick across the canyon because you're just, oh, there's nothing here. Not patient go. enough. Dude, I get caught up in that. Like, I'm trying to be better at being more patient and spending more time behind mm-hmm. the glass. I'm not good at it. It's easier said than done for sure. Way easier. Because it's so easy to glass quick. Not see anything, be like, oh, there's nothing here. Moving on. So yesterday, Dylan and I rode his horses up the canyon on the last night of the spike archery hunt, trying to find a an elk for me to shoot. We saw lots of elk, but um, we rode up to this really high ridge. It wasn't quite to the top, but we, we rode up to the ridge, tied the horses up, and then we sat there and glassed. And man, we, we were glassing the canyons. I must have glassed the same stands of trees three to four times, you know? And it was interesting because I thought that 
like like my perspective of what I was glassing was off because after sitting there for twenty minutes, Dylan's like, "There's a buck." I'm like, where? He's like, right there. Like, explained to me, you know, where it was, and I glassed down there. I could barely make out like the light color of his butt, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy cow, that's way smaller than I thought a deer would be at what I thought that distance was." Mm-hmm. Then my whole perspective changed, you know, and then we kept glassing. And then we glassed up some elk, and they were coming, like, right to us way far away, but they were headed our way. And it was like, yep, I was looking for something a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. You know, my perspective was off. Yeah, and I think, I don't know what it is, but it's like the more you, it's always that first time. Like, I used to never look for deer, you know, from February until August. So then, yeah, that you're like, well, I think uh, a deer looks like this. I got to try to remember what a deer looks like on a mountain. And then you see one, and it, yeah, it's always like, well, that's a lot smaller than what I was thinking it was going to look like. And yeah, and so then it kind of hones in your eyes, and you're like, okay, now I'm really got to look even more like right. intently to pick out little things. But then there's other days where it feels like deer are everywhere. I know. And you're looking too fine, and they're just they're all over, and you're like, whoa, they're really popping out today. Yeah. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's so weird, too, like when their coats change. Like, they do get harder to see when they turn gray, at least mule deer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes in the right light, like, they just stick out. Yeah. Elk, for me, they always stick out. They're either red or they're tan, and they yeah. just, they're so big, you know? Yeah, yeah. Elk are definitely easier. Yeah, I... I don't know. That's why I want it to snow this year. I feel, I <laughs> hey, I'm talking, hoping for snow in Colorado. I was talking to somebody, and he he was like, you know, he's like, he's like, on average, he's like, I think it snows like twice every ten years. And he's like, we haven't had a snowstorm since 2014. Like we're due. He's like it's gonna snow this year. He's gonna put the deer in Utah into a little bit more of a pre-rut type mentality, and. I feel like that's an advantage to my preparation all year long is if it snows, hey, it makes hiking heck of a lot harder, but I'm in a little bit better shape. I'm a little bit more determined. So, and it's cold. Well, let's keep half the hunters home because they don't want to go out in this miserable mess. And let me get up there. And I was talking to Zeb the other day and he was like, he's like, my favorite days to hunt are when it's been foggy and cold and wet all day long and then everything clears out that evening and the next day because the deer are everywhere and he says and everybody goes home everybody's like can't see anything why am i hunting right now you can't even see further than 50 yards going home and he says in the next morning the deer are out like crazy and you've got the whole basin to yourself that's true like you know we experienced that in colorado last year third season rifle hunt um, opening day, we saw several deer, um, but you know, they weren't really moving a whole ton. The next day it snowed like crazy blizzard conditions. So one of, uh, Dylan's friend, um, his old coworker and his son, they were with out there with us. They decided they wanted to pack up and go home because it was miserable. It was snowing. It's just going to snow like this for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't snow again. But it was enough of a cold snap and the snow to keep the deer all in bed pretty much on Sunday. 
or Monday, they started getting out. Yeah, start feeding longer. Exactly, and mm-hmm. it it actually kicked them off into their pre-rutting activity. And as you know, like we killed a buck the next three days each yeah. day, and it was like, man, yeah, it was miserable. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, driving around, you're worried we were gonna get stuck, and it was muddy and. And if you're always worried about what could happen and how bad things can be, like, you're not going to have fun. Yeah. Like, get out there. Push through the, the little bit of a hard, uncomfortable time. And and I'm glad you success. just said that uncomfortable because I always think back to – I always want to say – now, after – kind of, sorry, I'm kind of sporadic here, but I think it was Remy Warren who said, you just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. The more comfortable you are being uncomfortable in the backcountry – more successful you'll become. And, you know, when I'd go on my stocks or I'd get frustrated or whatever, I'd come back and I'd watch Remy Warren on Solo Hunter. Get on YouTube, pull him up, watch him. And, dude, the guy does not hunt. And Cameron Haynes, it's kind of the same. They don't really hunt for the biggest animal. If it presents itself, then cool, we're going after it. But they're, you know, and Remy Warren's just so... Like, he blew a couple of stocks. He actually had a really good tag from what he said, and there's a big deer. And he went home empty-handed. But that guy was so, like, positive about it. So positive. Just like, well, you know, that's just how it goes. You can do whatever you can, however much you want. He says, but you know what? I wasn't at work. I was hunting. Yeah. And it's like, man, if I could. Now, granted, it's probably because he knows he has four more tags in his back <laughs> pocket. But still... Like my, I think my problem when it comes to hunting season, it's like I put in so much time getting ready for it that when things don't go my way, it's almost like I want to throw a temper tantrum. It's one of those tizzy fits. And I kind of did. You can ask my wife. So last weekend, Labor Day weekend, okay, I was going to hunt hard. That was the plan. So Friday night, my brakes on my Tacoma, like they went from, they might be going to, they're gone. I'm like, what the heck? So I'm like, hey, Dad, you know, I just bought some brakes. You want to help me change them? He's like, yeah, let's do it tonight. So it's Friday at like 7. Should take us two hours at the most. Well, you can tell that the calipers have never been taken off the rotors. So we get in there, finally get the bolts loose after letting PB Blaster sit on the freaking bolts forever. And we get the calipers off the left front. And that one wasn't the worst one. And then we finally get that put back together, put that on the rotor. And then we go to the right front, which is the bad one, the one that was grinding. And just like, when you come to a stop. And then the caliper's done. Caliper's out. That's why they went from good to bad. Caliper's gone. It's four-piston caliper. Brake pads are down to nothing. And the inside of the rotor is just like, geez, it might as well be a mountain range. So bad. They needed to be turned. Well, I wanted to go hunting. Didn't have anywhere to t- turn them. So I just went and bought a brand new rotor, spent 60 bucks. Um, but the guy even told me, he's like, there's no way I can turn these. These are too bad. Whatever. But I had to wait until the next morning to put everything back together. So then I was, I was upset. I was venting to my wife. I was like, every year I work so hard to just be able to hunt. And I can never hunt the way I want to because something always happens. And I'm just so sick of this. Like, why? Why can't I do this? And she's like, well, just just go hunt tomorrow. You know, I'm like, no. Because now my morning hunt 
is done with it. The evening hunt, cool, but I hate the evening hunt. It's like you have 15 minutes to do something. You're up there all afternoon. You glass something up right as, you know, the sun is going down. Like, it's gone. It's now just you're trying to beat the last race. Anyways, so I was so mad, so upset. And I think it's because, you know, I'm not, I cannot stay just in an even keel. Like, I get really high. I'll get really low, really high, really low. And I think that's because I think I do. I think I get caught up in the fact of, gosh, my dream is to kill this kind of buck or whatever. And it's like, dude, just enjoy the journey. And that should have been my whole thing. And, and actually, and that's what I did. Uh, uh, kind of got up on top of the mountain the next afternoon because I had to start hiking at 2. And it was so hot. And got settled up and kind of sitting there. I was like, you know what? You know, Tisha, she's like, well, maybe you were going to get eaten by a mountain lion. That's why you're, you can't go tomorrow morning kind of thing. But I got up there and I was like, you know what? Wow, I threw a temper tantrum and I got to spend a whole five, six hours with my dad changing the brakes on my truck, laughing, joking around, having fun. And it's like, geez, you know, that was an opportunity that, you know, with my busy life and his busy life, we don't get a lot of time to just, you know, hang out. And so it was like, man, just enjoy the journey. Things aren't always going to go your way. Look, you just have to have that open attitude and just be like, well, I didn't get a hunt that morning, but I got to spend time with my dad. Okay, that's what's more important in life, you know? So right. it's kind of, I don't know. It hit me on the mountain. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> learn my lesson. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you get so wrapped up and, gosh, this is what I want to do. It's not happening. Why? And then it's like you get humbled a little bit. Yeah, so it definitely takes some experience and um, a lot of effort to look at the positives in every situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hindsight is usually twenty twenty, and that's usually when you're you're realizing, ah, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. It sounded <laughs> it's like not an what idiot. I wanted to do, mm-hmm. not what I wanted to have happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this archery season has definitely been huge learning experience for me i was able to um i i can honestly say I, I have not hunted this much overall um as far as like getting out on the mountain consistently yeah because normally i just hunt muzzleloader on a saturday and hunt a saturday sunday on the rifle and then hunt maybe one more day but i've been able to get out a lot and just see a lot of bucks and that's the thing too I, and i was like man I'm, I'm getting good at knowing where to look knowing where to find deer and it's like well just because i'm not finding the deer i want doesn't mean that i'm not going to it's just again move on get to right. the next vantage point see what's in that canyon or see what's on this other side of this ridge i don't know so i've learned a ton but i can definitely say back to your original thing that you know the bucks i have put stocks on I never once thought twice about it because, you know, I was having to drop off quite a ways. Never thought twice about it because my body felt good. And that in turn made my mind tougher in the sense of, ah, you know, I I wasn't ever sitting You weren't dreading hiking back up. Yeah, I wasn't dreading hiking back up or do I really want to kill something down there because that would be miserable to pack out a whole deer from there. And I was by myself. I was like, no, no, four trips. I can do it. 
you know, if I was packing out just a quarter at a time with, you know, back strap or whatever it is. And I was just like, I could do it. It'd be fine. Just not even thinking twice about it. And I think it's because I have confidence in the preparation, you know, preparation gives you that confidence. So definitely being 35 pounds lighter. <laughs> I don't know. And my legs never really got weak. I probably was carrying the heaviest of packs I've ever carried. Because I've never on the archery opener, I never stayed that many nights in a row on top. So I had more food than I've ever packed. Thank goodness we did the work in the summer and packed water <laughs> up there. Because I don't know how you do. I just don't know yeah. how people do that. No, you couldn't. So, but yeah, I don't know. Bring yeah, on the rest of it. I went to the gym this morning, and I haven't lost as much weight as I thought, but I've lost more than I wanted to. I'm down to 188. Oh. I haven't been in the 80s for a while. Yeah, I think the lowest you got when you told me was like 192 or something. But uh, on my archery elk hunt two years ago, I lost 15 pounds on the hunt. But I wasn't putting enough calories back into my body. I know I wasn't. Like, I just, you know, I didn't really have the appetite. Mm-hmm. This year, I really made sure that I was feeding myself. Every time I stopped, I'd eat a snack. Yeah. Try to keep going. And... I honestly felt better on the mountain than, you know, in previous years where I I don't snack that much and, and choosing my snacks wiser. Like mm-hmm. I had some of those honey stinger waffles. I had some of those little stinger like energy chews, yeah. um, just different granola bars trying to make sure I had good calorie content. Um, and I, I took some of those F-bombs, those like, yeah, um, I guess peanut or different nut oil things, man. There's not much in there, but just some of that natural energy and, and fat that your body can burn to make, you know, have energy. Noticed a big difference. I was always eating really good dinners. I, I need to be better about taking a better lunch. I'm like, ah, granola bars will be good for breakfast and lunch. Granola bars get old. <laughs> they get so old. What did I have for lunch? I think I always brought just cup of noodles. Just boil See, some that's water. See, or sport in there. I mean, Basically. archery hunt, it de- those definitely, and I've had those on rifle hunts, it's always better on rifle because it's colder. Freaking cold, yeah. And, but, I mean, that just picks you up a little bit. But um, the one thing that I found this year that I love and it will always now be in my pack, it's a little heavy, was, and it just, I happened onto it by chance at Walmart just trying to look. And, you know, you have your tuna creations and your tuna this and that. Well, right next to it, they had like chicken salad in a, like a little tin can it comes with crackers and a little like spatula little scoop mm-hmm. thing to scoop it out on and they had chipotle flavored and at first i was like oh, this is gonna be gross but i'm gonna do it because there's there's actually quite a punch as far as calories go and so i was like this is what i'm gonna do and dude i am in love with that stuff. Really? A little bit of spice. I'll have to try some. And oh dude, I was I was in heaven. Like when I tried it, I was telling Jeff, like, Jeff, dude, you have to try this. Cause I thought I had three of those and I just had one for each day. And then because we were coming back Sunday afternoon, so I didn't pack one for that day. But um the other three days I had it and like you gotta try it. And then probably the most disappointed I was on the whole hunt was when I went and grabbed it and it was just regular chicken salad. <laughs> Not <laughs> Chipotle, Chipotle chicken. Oh, I was so mad. I was like, was it not as good? It was still good, but <laughs> not as good. Just had a, yeah, different flavor, but yeah. So, I don't know. I just, dude, you know, 
I got to stop over. That's my biggest thing I've learned. I have to stop overthinking things. Quit trying to take easy way out it's a little bit. Like on some of these locations, I'm like, oh, they're going to be here. And part of me is like, well, it's because I don't have to hike as far, you know. And, you know, I know that on the archery hunt, I didn't have to think twice about going in on an animal or whatever. Um, and I know it's because I'm in better shape. But I think part of it weighing down on me is just I haven't tasted success yet. So it's easy to kind of, uh, well, maybe I'm just going to go here because right. I don't want to hike to the top again and be unsuccessful. Yeah, I've been unsuccessful every other time I've gone up. Yeah, but I, then at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to hunt on top and stay overnight for really too much longer. I mean, general season tags are becoming not a guarantee every other year now. You've experienced it, right? Two years. You've gone two years with nothing. So really, I'm 29. Probably, I hope when I'm 45-ish, I'm still able to throw on a 55-pound pack and hike three miles up to the high country at 10,000 feet and stay up there for three, four days and hike around and not be hurting too bad. But you never know. You don't know what's going to happen between that time. And that is what scares the heck out of me. And so I'm like, screw it. I want an adventure. <laughs> Whether the deer are halfway down the mountain or have completely migrated off, I don't care. As long as I'm up high and I, you know, I'm having an adventure, I'm not going to go home empty-handed. I can say that right now. <laughs> but gosh, I hope I can keep that perspective when I'm day three. Haven't glassed up anything yeah. mature, you know, good maturity. Man, you're thinking way far into the future. I'm thinking about just maintaining my mountain legs and <laughs> endurance for over the winter. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. It just, you know, because definitely I, have to keep hiking throughout the winter. Yeah, it's the only way. Mm-hmm. Well, now Hallie, dude, I'm gonna my lab. She's gonna do some work, and she's getting so I hardly because I've been hunting, so I haven't been working with her at all with as far as sheds go. But man, she's picking it up. I don't know if it's because she's a little older and she's just a little bit more awesome. Yeah. So I'm like, be fun to try her out. Here we go. But yeah, I think hiking throughout the winter, not putting the weight on. (laughs) Dude, it's so hard to not like come back and just gorge yourself on. Well, it's Thanksgiving. It's nasty. Oh, Oh, dude. And yeah, (laughs) fast food. That's the problem. You get used to eating this, the, the calorie rich, just, I don't know instant food and you want something just hot and greasy and mm-hmm. nasty i do have to say best meal i've had was that peak refill that you gave me that sweet pork isn't that good and the whole time you're like they say it's good with you know tortillas and the whole time i'm eating i'm like why the hell did i not pack a tortilla dude i tried it i, I took God. tortillas and it is definitely the way to have yeah. it i was like wow so good and and it filled me up like it literally i was like the last four bites i had to kind of force because i was there's a lot of calories and a lot of protein in it it's it is good stuff yeah it's for sure my go-to now i ordered a bunch more (laughs) because it's so good yeah that stuff was it hit the spot it had a little sugar in it you know sweet pork dude that just that like i was like god there's nothing I can glass right now. It's dark. Dang it. I'm ready to go. Like, but that definitely, I, I did that the night before the opener. So I've been up there for two days, ate that the night before the opener. And I think that helped me a was excited for the opener, but B it was just like, okay, I've got energy. My legs are feeling good. 
I replenished everything. I yeah. said, I feel, you know, feeling pretty good. So I don't know. My buddy I'm taking hunting with me on the rifle. He's 300 pounds, freaking athlete, dude. Yeah. He's an old offensive lineman, but he's a big, strong dude. Huh. And I've taken him in places where I'm like, see how he does. And I'm like, dang, guy's a goer. Dang. So we'll see. I don't, you know, I'm going to tell him, dude, you want to order some of these peak refills because they're, they're money. Do it. Um, shameless plug because we're not getting anything out of the deal. Just want you to know that. Just we did a podcast with Peak Refuel and they extended an offer to all of our listeners, valid through the end of September. And you can save twenty five percent and get free shipping off of your entire order. So just use the code SAHN S A H N twenty five two five. So yeah, through the end of September, go order. You still have. I don't know, 22 days, something. So get you some. It's oh, freaking dude. awesome. I got to do that because oh, I might just up. buy nothing but sweet pork, to be honest with you. <laughs> I could have that for a breakfast burrito, <laughs> I know. eat half of it at night. You got to try uh, some of the other ones. Yeah. The beef pasta marinara is awesome. The chicken Alfredo. The olive garden? chicken with rice. Dude, Jeez. it is so good. Oh, man. The breakfast skillet is awesome. Um, I did like the granola... It's strawberries. It's like one you drink, you have with cold water, you know, because it's yeah. got milk and stuff. But it was just too much for me in the morning. Like I just, I don't know. It was it was too much for me. Yeah. Just like we talked about, don't eat a. Ton I've just of never breakfast. been a breakfast person. Me either. I would all through I'd high school. Sleep. In high school, I would drink a Mountain Dew. That was yeah. my breakfast. I would rather Horrible. sleep than eat breakfast. Dude, yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. like even when I was on on that paleo diet. I couldn't get fancy with my breakfast. I would just crack two eggs open, put three slices of turkey bacon, hurry and cook it up, and it's like I get too antsy like to get the day started. And same on with hunting. It's see, I could eat a breakfast like that at ten o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> but, yeah, but not at four thirty or five. yeah. I need. A, I just need to do better. At least every other morning, have some kind of breakfast. Like I don't know. Well, you know, I've been thinking more when we went shed hunting. You packed up stuff like an instant food to have on the mountain and i've been thinking about doing that you know hey take a little bit extra water throw the jet boil in take one of those meals then if you're hungry at 10 30 and nothing's happening cook you up yeah. something yeah not such a bad idea i'm always such a stickler on my weight and i take i take so much unnecessary stuff that i could potentially use if i was in a emergency situation i'm like man i Really don't need this. You know what I also found today, or sorry, this year was, as far as food goes, just an idea that I got from a YouTube channel. But I was like, how the heck am I going to do this? Just those like pasta sides, those Knorr, K-N-O-R-R. They come in like a green pasta side. You can have like Spanish rice or chicken and rice. Um, or even they have the um, pastas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways... It tells you just stovetop directions. It says to, you know, boil that and the contents of the package and then simmer with it covered. So I took the peak refill package that I ate out of the night before, dumped the rice in there, dumped the hot water, just let it sit for 20 minutes. Just And then I was just like, wow. Really? It's just easy. And those are come in a smaller package, but I had just enough cal like as much calories in that little package that I did in some of those bulky dehydrated food hmm. containers. So as far as 
ergonomics of packing stuff. I think that's that's the one area I still need to refine is just get smaller. Hopefully, Peak Refuel can come out with some vacuum-packed ones. Mm-hmm. That might just save just whatever, but because sometimes those packages are just so they're big, they take up a lot of space. Yeah, but yeah. Either way, though, I'm not gonna leave them at home because <laughs> of how their packaging is. Because of the way they taste, it's worth taking. It's like rejuvenating. Oh my gosh, good, good food is rejuvenating. It was awesome. It was like taking a homemade pork butt. You know, that you had been cooking yeah. in a crock pot for 10 hours, and that's what they dehydrated. And it's crazy it back how good to life. that was. Yeah. So, definitely do that. But Well, cool, man. Um, I better let you go. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Um, good luck on your muzzleloader hunt coming up. And then yeah. uh, if you make it to rifle, good luck on that. I'm sure we'll be discussing some more. Yeah, you got three big hunts coming up now. Yeah. I need to go sight in the rifle, make sure we're good. I've got October 1st through the 10th, a Wyoming deer hunt. October 10th through the 31st, Idaho deer hunt. I have a couple days off, which I'll be driving, and then I go to Colorado for November 3rd to the 11th for third season. So I'm hoping for snow on that one for sure. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they – I just – as long as it's cold. Yeah. At least, at least if there's no snow, be cold. Yeah. So right, I hate that's what, rifle hunting in the heat. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. But anyways, yeah. Hopefully, we can harvest something. I know that that's is goal. my that, that's my goal. But that's also my fear. I'm like, I don't want to like do this whole. You know, I've done all these videos and I've done and then just be like, cool, dude, cool bits. <laughs> want to follow nothing up dead with on the ground. Harvest. So, I know. I hear you. Yeah, but now after doing the archery thing. It makes shooting something with a muzzleloader rifle just seem like cheating and that much more. Yeah, but it could still be a cool story. So keep, right. No, keep recording I'll your still videos. doing it, but it's still <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get something. But I don't want to say that because it could have another bad caliper. I hope not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, dude. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you.